Hi everyone, welcome back to Sprout. Today we have a very special guest, Hannah. Hi, I'm Sydney. And I'm Viv. Welcome to Sprout. A podcast about finding your place in the world and growing an impactful career. Welcome to our show, Hannah. Um, Hannah is an 18-year-old product manager at Canva. You might have heard of Canva. It's a unicorn. She dropped out of a scholarship program doing UNSW Compsite after just four weeks. She's now working on a newsletter and community to support ambitious people with their careers. And it currently has 7,000 subscribers, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm super keen to be on the show and just, I guess, chat about my story and my journey. So, yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we're super glad to have you on our show. Um, so to start us off, we'd love to hear your story from your voice. So it'd be great if you could start from wherever you think makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So I guess maybe it started in high school where I had a huge fascination in startups, um, entrepreneurship, and I was also working as a graphic designer at the time. Um, and so during then, I was working on my own side hustle business where we connected high school students to quality work experience because I always thought work experience and careers education um, in schools, um, going from high school to university post that was just really crap, to be honest. Um, and so going through that whole journey of like trying to get work experience myself and like really struggling and getting really bad work experience, I decided to kind of give back to my community and I started that whole business. And then during my final year of year 12, I was very much like, oh, like I'm working on this project that helps people with work experience. There are all these like university applications opening up and all this sort of stuff, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I kind of thought to myself, what better way to figure that out than like do work experience myself. Mm. So because I was working as a graphic designer at the time and I was really interested in startups, I saw a candle was popping up in the news a lot. I used Canva myself um, quite a lot. And so I thought, why not? get work experience at one of the biggest startups in Australia right now that so happens to work uh, on graphic design and making design um, democratised for people. So um, mid-year 12, I kind of set out mission that I wanted to get an internship at Canva either that year or during my gap year the next year. Um, and then from that point, I like reached out to a bunch of recruiters, just like cold message people on LinkedIn, tried to get my foot in the door. Um, and then there was this one person, um, after messaging a bunch of people who was like, yeah, we'd be keen to like, um, think about it, maybe send us your portfolio. Um, Mm -hmm. after that I was like, oh, I don't really have a portfolio. So (laughs) then I had to really scramble to put one together. Um, and luckily I had like a lot of past experience before and I attended a lot of hackathons or I had something, I guess, substantial to show them. Um, I sent it through, but there was still like a lot of kind of roadblocks to me getting an internship there. Um, and it only worked out in the end because um, he mentioned my name around to a bunch of people, but they didn't really see the significance yet. Um, but an art teacher at my school who I didn't even really know personally, she mm-hmm. just heard about me. And I guess maybe that was just from my reputation and brand inside of the school. Um, and she thought that I would be a good person with a good fit to work there. She so happened to have a brother who worked at Canva, um, was like employee number four. Wow. Yeah. In the total history of Canva. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Wow, top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was like been at Canva for years. 
um, and she was willing to uh, vouch for me um, and she said she wouldn't no normally do it um, otherwise and then um, she sent my portfolio to him who forwarded it to Cliff who is the COO of the company and then he um, passed it on into their internal Slack channel where um, they do all their internal comms and then from that someone noticed my portfolio looked through my work and was like yeah I'd be keen to take on this person for an internship um, and then from that point it just went from doing work experience, turning that into a product management internship, um, now becoming a product manager right now. Wow, mm. that's awesome. Yeah, interesting. Did oh, um, you go first? <laughs> Before we unpack the real stuff, I have a mm. dumb question. Yeah. So I know that Canva is a graphic designing platform mm -hmm. and you had an interest in graphic designing. Yeah. But for the internship, would, mm -hmm. would you be doing, did you think you were going to be doing graphic designing work? Mm -hmm. Or is that like kind of meta in that it's actually more like a tech company where you mm -hmm. would be doing a different role? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So I think when I was in high school, I actually, like all this stuff about careers and like roles in tech was so vague to me. Like I didn't know what product management was. I didn't know the difference between a product designer and a graphic designer. So I was like, initially, I want to be a graphic designer. I want to be a product designer. Um, but I didn't know that they were very different things. Um, and then it was only until I did some work experience there and I didn't necessarily have a title when I did that, um, but they were like, yeah, we think you'd be better fit as a product management intern. Right. Huh. High level though. <laughs> I'm just like not very familiar with this mm -hmm. space, but what's the difference between product designer and product mm -hmm. manager? Yeah, for sure. So product designer is very much like if you're designing an app or you're building a, a website or any kind of software, um, and it can also be a physical product that they design out the specs. So what does it look like? How will people use it? Um, like even like very, I guess, granular things like um, how to design like a button for the app, like all this sort of stuff. And like <clears throat> um, that's everything a product designer does. Whereas a product manager is more the middleman. So sh like they will work with engineers, data scientists and um product designers and also like senior management to work together um, on building a product and they'll set out the vision, they'll work on the execution and they'll bring everyone together and um, I guess not necessarily lead the team but lead the product vision and um, help everyone through that. Right, that yeah. makes sense. What's super interesting is um, you being in product management, a lot of product mm -hmm. management traditionally comes from software developers oh, and that sort of background. Do you manage yeah. like technical development and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. I'll be working with um, engineers day out, uh, day in, day out, and also um, my designers and like any anyone in my team, essentially. Yeah, so when you're competing with people who have done a whole degree in comp sci and stuff, mm -hmm. how do you have the technical know-how to be mm -hmm. able to work with those engineers mm -hmm. and coordinate what they do? Yeah, for sure. So I think the thing about, uh, I think there's a common misconception about product management in terms of you need to be um, extremely technical, you need to have a comp sci degree, all that sort of stuff. Whereas I would say there is no one degree for product management. In fact, the head of product at Canva, um, before our previous one, she studied zoology in university. So <laughs> very out there. Um, and so I think if you're interested in a career path in product management, I think what matters the most is if you have um, kind of a spike in a particular skill. So whether that be you're a really great collaborator, you can really communicate well, written and verbal, um, or maybe you're really great at designing, so you have design expertise. Um, I also know a product manager at Canva who's, who used to be a data analyst in the past, so she can use that expertise as well. 
Um, and I think what matters the most is you have a broad skill set and all these sorts of things. So you have some level of technical understanding. You don't need to know how the code works, but you need to know like just the basic things um, and be able to communicate with engineers. You need to know what good design is, um, how you could start analyzing data and also um, working with a team, but you don't necessarily need to be an expert in all four. Um, you can also just have your own spy niche in terms of all that sort of stuff as well. Really That's interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. What's your niche? Yeah. So <laughs> I would say my niche is um, probably more leading to um, having that design experience in the past. Mm-hmm. So really understanding things from uh, a user perspective. So having, I guess, this in quote product sense. Um, and also being able to work in a team and uh, verbal and written communication. Mm-hmm. Awesome, wow. awesome. That's, yeah. that's really impressive that as um, someone who just graduated from mm-hmm. high school, you were able to figure that out, like know what your um, like value proposition is mm-hmm. and what you can um, bring to the team as a product manager. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And to understand more about the time frame, you talked a lot about year 12 in your mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Um, so how many years have you graduated since then and what mm-hmm. age were you when you joined Canva? Were you still in year 12? Was this mm-hmm. during like high school or yeah. after? Um, so I graduated high school in 2019. Yeah. And so when I landed my role at Canva, I was 17 years old and that was after high school. Mm-hmm. So that was probably around February the next year, mm-hmm. um, just because I went to school a year earlier. Yeah, so now I'm like 18, turning 19 this year, and that's just kind of the time frame of things. Wow, extremely young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when you were networking and trying to get your way into camera I know you touched briefly on um finding people to vouch for you Mm -hmm. what do you think made them believe in you and Mm -hmm. want to vouch for you yeah for sure so I think what really matters and I think what people kind of have this misconception of when they're doing networking is they believe that it's um not what you know it's who you know right Mm -hmm. and that's just like a common um saying that people like toss around there but I would say it's not necessarily um, it's who you know, it's who knows you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's who knows you for the, the kind of work that you do. They, they believe that you have good work ethic or you're really good at certain things and they see you for your value rather than um, you just knowing a bunch of people because that's not necessarily the same as someone going to vouch for you. So I think what made me really stand out was that um, I already showed that I was willing to go through the hard yards of um, putting work together, like reaching out to people, um, even when I was in high school, which is a very uncommon thing for people to do. And also, like, even when I was reaching out to that one particular recruiter who uh, kind of vouched for me, like, three months after I met up with him, uh, after I, like, reached out to him on LinkedIn, there was, like, a barbecue event, like, a recruiter event from Canva at UNSW, and I just thought I'd go there. And this was during school, and I met up with him, and he was very surprised because he didn't expect me to come up and show up for this event. Yeah. Um, and I was the only high school student out of maybe second, third year, fourth year students. Wow. Mm. That's actually so cool. I know. I feel like some people, like, cut themselves up. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I'm not eligible for this internship. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to apply. Like, I'm not even um, going to look into it. And I know, mm-hmm. like, I was guilty <laughs> of this before as well. But that's so cool. It just shows, like, 
you're never like you shouldn't ever cut yourself off mm. from pursuing your dream that's mm. awesome yeah I think you show like really really good initiative like mm. way more than most people which is probably what made you stand out right mm. yeah mm. yeah and I'm, I love the quote about what you said about who knows you mm-hmm. not about who you know yeah how did you get people to know who you are mm-hmm. and know your reputation I guess yeah for sure so I would say is this for Canva or just more broadly just more broadly mm-hmm. about networking and Canva I guess yeah, so I think more broadly, because um, nowadays I get um, recruiters messaging me on LinkedIn, like, oh, do you want this role? Or like, wow. yeah, like, I don't know. Are you able to disclose who's been reaching out to you? I don't know if I can disclose that. <laughs> um, but I think what made, um, what makes me stand out in terms of people knowing me is um, being very vocal about my personal brand, what I can offer and wanting to genuinely help people on platforms like LinkedIn or email and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think what also really helps is I try to actively get my brand out there. So like constantly posting on LinkedIn, commenting, sharing things, um, being someone who's just providing value and content without necessarily being asked to do so. Um, and like when people keep seeing that pop up, they're like, oh, this person's like really interesting. Like then they're obviously motivated to do something like even just write up like 200 word posts on LinkedIn, um, a few times a week. Like that sort of thing does not go unnoticed because people just keep seeing it. Right. And once they keep seeing it and they get curious, they look into your profile, they read more about you and they're like, oh, this person's like really interested in this and that. So it's like just finding the ways to kind of get into people's like, I guess, consciousness and just like. Um, surface at the top like I think that's what's really important I saw your one of your posts got like 700 likes and I think people forget about the power of networking yeah. on LinkedIn like yeah. people are so embarrassed to post on LinkedIn like mm-hmm. me personally I just feel embarrassed to mm-hmm. write anything on LinkedIn yeah. Uh, but yeah I think it could be such a powerful tool mm-hmm. when it yeah. comes to that for sure like I think as well like things like writing online creating content is really great um, there's this idea where it creates like kind of a wheel of like a vehicle for serendipity yeah. so it's like you're oh. posting on all these platforms and like especially when you write publicly like you have your own blog or your website where you're writing um, the real value is um, people will read them like you won't know um, who's reading your content but they'll read them sometimes they'll reach out to you and like that way you can form like so many great relationships with people and yeah. get so many get access to so many more opportunities than you otherwise would because the value is um, you're not necessarily pitching yourself, but because you've written like an article or a piece of work, like that's going to stay on the internet forever and people are going to be able to access that um, whenever they want. So you're just unknowingly and just like passively um, getting people to notice you, see your work and um, potentially get opportunities. So yeah. yeah. I really like what you said about um, trying to genuinely try to add value to the community mm-hmm. rather than thinking of networking as a way of like, how can I extract value? Mm-hmm. And like you have to give in order to get as well. Mm-hmm. That's like really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just unpacking it a little bit more. What do you think is your personal brand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I think my personal brand at the moment is, um, I guess in terms of what I do, like offering careers advice, helping people. Um, with their career, figure out what they want to do and like um, how to get there. So I think that's something I've always been very passionate about. Um, I think as well, just I love design and I'm always interested in startups and product management. Um, so I think that always that also sits under my brand. And I think just generally wanting to make a connection with people. Like um, if I have a coffee chat with someone, like I genuinely want to know more about them. 
Um, I don't want to just talk about myself, that sort of thing. So being that kind of person, yeah, is I think what I would label as my personal brand. Mm. Mm. So yeah. someone who gives career advice and is always open to mm-hmm. like learn more and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. essentially. When you were um, networking away to Canva, mm-hmm. I know that you created a website. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, for sure. So um, when I made a website for Canva, it was my own portfolio. And inside my portfolio, I had like the various projects that I worked on in the past, um, just to kind of showcase my work in terms of that being in product design and also just like digital and print design and also um, like leading and working on teams. So I also showcased like um, my startup that I was working on and I also in that website just like had an about page so about me like my story um and also like a page dedicated to Canva so this was me wanting to work at Canva and I guess kind of like hard simping for them and like yeah so I just kind of like wrote an open letter it was like oh why I think you should hire me and why wow. I'd be like why wow. I really want to work at Canva so that was like my portfolio then um, now I just have my own personal website where I have um, the blog articles I've written um, and just like more about me and people can contact me and all that. I think that's something like a lot of our grad and intern students at uni can also apply. Like yeah. if you're just applying to one design role, you could easily make a whole page on that mm-hmm. specific company. I feel like that would stand out so well. Mm, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like I feel like another thing, like I guess a piece of advice I'd give to like grads and like um people in uni who are applying for roles is oftentimes people have like this spray and pray approach it's like mm-hmm. i'll apply to 200 applications over uh 200 job ads like in a week um and maybe i'll hear back from some of them um but i would say that even though you're making like your funnel for opportunity bigger it doesn't mean that you're actually guaranteeing um getting a role because mm-hmm. <clears throat> um on average 200 people apply for a single role um, but to be honest, because of COVID, that's been exacerbated with much senior people applying for entry-level roles. So you might have like 300, 400 people applying for a single role. Um, and if you're a one person in that application process um, out of 200, that means you have a 0.00205% of getting the role. So it's like very unlikely if you're applying um just by sending out your resume and all that. So I think think about being more creative in terms of networking, mm-hmm. how you can actually stand out. And that doesn't have to be through like the conventional, um, like submit to a job ad, answer their questions, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also Sydney, you have a personal website as well, even though you work in finance. Yeah, I was actually just going to bring it up because um, I did a workshop once about like building your personal mm-hmm. brand and the whole idea of recruiting is you want to be memorable, you want people mm-hmm. to remember your name, especially in finance when everyone has the same resume <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the recruiter is just going through a huge stack. So what I did was I created a website about who I was outside of my resume mm-hmm. and I had my interests and hobbies like... Um, I forgot what it was. It was like jujitsu, <laughs> cooking. Yeah. Actually, they, they're still my hobbies now. Yeah. Um, like books I was reading, what I was passionate about, mm-hmm. and all the things that are me, but just mm-hmm. not on my resume. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it was really cool because I could actually track who looked at it. Yeah. And I could see all these like dots and like the locations I was applying mm-hmm. for checking me out. I yeah. was like, 
Woohoo! Look at that. Yeah. Did you link that in your resume? Yeah, I linked it in my resume. Yeah. And so only the recruiters who had my um, resume could see my website. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you feel about making a page being like, this is why I want to get into Goldman? Um, I think I honestly I would have done it. I would have done anything. <laughs> I would have written them like a handwritten letter if I knew who to post it to. <laughs> Truly simping. <laughs> but Hannah, I'd like love to get your thoughts on this, but I feel like when you're applying for a job, it's almost like dating in a way. Like employers don't just want someone who's like, I don't know, just like as hoeing around like dating every <laughs> other person. Yeah, yeah. But they want someone who genuinely wants you. Hundred percent, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I would say if you're applying for roles, like literally stick to like max five, like you like apply to five different internships and in those internships, um, like reach out to the recruiters in like who are actually recruiting for those roles, find out who the decision maker is, so who is actually leading the project relating to that internship or that role. Um, <clears throat> and that way you actually stand out a lot more than the other people that are just like blasting out their resume. They're not even tailoring their resume to each co- company as well which also makes a difference. So I would say that's like, yeah, so don't hold around basically. Actually <laughs> just like commit to a few that you actually want. Yeah. yeah. When you were writing your letter to Canva, mm-hmm. how did you um, communicate what value you can bring to the team, especially mm-hmm. um, as such a young person, mm-hmm. like junior person in the role? Yeah, so I think for me, the value I really showed to Canva was like a like I was actually very committed to Canva in terms of their vision and their values, which actually matters a lot um, to Canva, especially. And I think most companies as well, they want to see how will you be a culture fit and how much you actually um, want to be part of the organization. Um, and I think I also like in terms of my skills and all that, I just wanted to showcase that in my portfolio. The letter was more like um, personally, what does Canva actually mean to me as an organization and as a tool that I've used? and also why I really wanted to work at Canva. And I didn't focus on, like, the very superficial things, like um, free lunches and all that stuff. (laughs) It's, like, more about, like, um, integrally, like, what about the product really fascinates me and um, what about the company and the team as a whole also fascinates me. Mm. And this was, just to clarify, this letter was on your website this was on the website did you say like dear canva yeah (laughs) yeah i was like dear canva here's my open letter to what canva means to me and to um why you guys should hire me that's so sweet i would hire you (laughs) (laughs) very nice and like just to clarify so the role Mm -hmm. that you got into actually wasn't advertised right yeah Mm -hmm. so the role actually didn't exist um what they did was they created the role because of me um so i think I think there's like a few lessons in that. Like if you show that you're extremely talented, you have a lot of initiative and you want to be part of an organization, most people are very willing to give you that opportunity um, as long as you show your value and um, what you can bring to the team. Um, So I think that's one thing. So like they created the role because they thought that I would be a good fit. Um, They even created my product manager role afterwards. Like Mm -hmm. they were very open to like discussing what that would look like um, and accommodating for that. and I think another thing is that there's also this huge thing in the job market called the hidden job market. So there are so many roles that go unadvertised because um, people will get into those roles because of referrals. Like they'll know someone and they'll just um, get them to hi- be hired rather than um, posting a job ad publicly just because posting a job ad can be time consuming, costly for organisations. They have to sift through like hundreds and thousands of resumes. 
Um, so if you're able to know people um, like recruiters and they know you back and all these like people in senior management, you are easily um, in a better position to land a job just through referrals. Also, yeah. on a side note, like 85% of jobs are recruited through networking. Wow. Yeah. You really know your stats. <laughs> you really know your stats. But yeah, that really comes back to networking, the power of networking mm. and just maintaining those networks. Yeah. Well, when networking, I know mm-hmm. we touched on this briefly, but how do you network sincerely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think um, in terms of wanting to network sincerely, it's really thinking about like, A, what does the other person want? How can I help them with it? Um, and two, don't think of networking as, like, a very transactional thing. Um, it can be transactional, but I think it's much better off when it's not. Um, I think networking is much better when you're actually wanting to build relationships with people that you reach out to. Um, in fact, some people that I reached out to on LinkedIn, like, I would call um, probably my friends now rather than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of it more as, like, relationship building rather than, um I'm doing something to get something otherwise it just seems super underhanded and um all your interactions is obviously not going to come across as sincere so yeah just really think of it from the perspective of like how can I help this person how can I um build a relationship with them um and a value and like do things like maybe read an article that's really interesting that they could get a lot of value out of it um send that article to them or write a summary of the article um so you can like share ideas um, I think sharing ideas is probably like the easiest way to come across as more sincere and actually add value to other people. That's um, super interesting. Yeah, you make a really good point about friends. Like also, mm-hmm. I think you can see your friends as your network as well rather yeah. than networking to make mm-hmm. friends. You mm-hmm. can network from your friends, friends that you well. already mm-hmm. have. And like when you meet someone really interesting, try and like genuinely um, get to know them and want to be their friend. And forming those relationships can be really helpful in the future as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Really important. And um, we actually asked for some viewer questions mm-hmm. earlier and you stole the question. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to yeah. John. Yeah, shout out to John for asking, how did you avoid insincere? Oh. <laughs> I can't that word. How do you avoid being insincere when building relationships and networking journals? So that is exactly that answered. Sorry, John. <laughs> Our next question is from Jack. Thanks for listening, Jack, and for all your support. Um, And he wants to know, how do you develop a strong and positive reputation and brand in your network? Yeah, so I think it just comes back to the things that we touched on um, during this pod. It's just like you want to really add value to your community. So that can be like writing online, writing LinkedIn Mm. posts or like on any platform. And also being someone that wants to help other people. So whether that you can connect someone who you want to be friends with or have a network with. Um, to someone else that they were getting value from. So being a connector, being someone that adds value just, like, through information or ideas in your community and also just, like, in your work, also being someone who upholds your own values and has integrity and all that sort of stuff. Um, like, in fact, I have a friend of mine, actually my co-founder, he, what he did was his, um, he was working on a project for a university uh, and, like, his other, like, it was a group project and the other people in his team didn't necessarily take it seriously so they were just like messing around they didn't actually do the work whereas he took it very seriously he did the work he put in the hard yards um and the person that that commissioned the project was actually the brother of some like very senior um person in westpac 
and he vouched for Blake in terms of applying for different roles and all that sort of stuff, whereas other people would love to have that connection. But because they didn't take the work seriously, they didn't show um, that they could, like, put in the hard yards and they were actually, like, someone who was, like, you could you could commend or vouch for, um, they weren't able to get that same opportunity. Mm, and I think the thing is, like, a lot of networks actually come from people you know or people yeah. who distantly know you. So mm. as you go about life, if you're just a good human, people will know that. Mm. Yeah. Slash yeah. if you do something really questionable, people will also find out. Yeah. Even if, like, you don't intend for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People talk. Yeah. yeah. It's like people remember. Yeah, people talk and people remember. <laughs> So, Hannah, what are you working on right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, right now I'm working on um, really growing next chapter so we can reach more people and we can provide um, more quality um, careers advice resources and opportunities. At the moment, we're um, in the midst of um, opening a community for young, ambitious um, individuals in university and also mm-hmm. who are graduating who are looking to find like-minded people and also find uh, opportunities to better themselves in their career. Um, so that's what I'm working on. Uh, we'll be like dropping that maybe next few weeks. So Exciting. if you're excited to join like a really great community of like-minded people, just sharing great ideas, I uh, would love for you to join. Yeah. Super exciting. This is for your startup side hustle. Mm-hmm. And what was the name of that? Next chapter. Next chapter. Yeah. All right. We'll be checking that out. Yeah. And <laughs> where can people find next chapter? Yeah, for sure. So you can access next chapter at nextchapter.site um, or you can also follow myself Max uh, Marcioni and also Blakeem on LinkedIn and we'll also be posting updates there. Mm, awesome. awesome. And you're still working at Canva full-time? Yeah, so I'm still working at Canva. Mm-hmm. Do you have any key lessons to share? Mm-hmm. From working at Canva? Mm, or just general. your life in general. <laughs> <laughs> we like to conclude with some lessons. Um, I would say really uh, you don't need permission to do a lot of things mm. in life is what I'd say. Wow. Um, <laughs> like, I think for myself, um, like getting my role at Canva, working on the startups and the things that I've worked on was because I didn't um, need permission from other people and I just kind of went for it myself. And like, it can be really tough because you might have like a lot of people who might be judging you or like uh, you feel like are really like controlling your life or whatever, like particularly parents and all that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like your life, um, your decisions and you experience them yourself fully, right? So just think of things like if you really want to work on something, just go for it. Just like take the first step today, take the next step tomorrow. Like it doesn't have to be uh, you do everything at once, but just like slowly build things up. And yeah, that's that's my advice. Oh, that's really good advice. And we really admire and respect that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on our show today, Hannah. Mm-hmm. We've learned so much about the power of networking, how to build your personal brand authentically, and also how to be a good human in the workforce as well. Yeah, thank you for having me. Really enjoyed our chat. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And follow us on Instagram or LinkedIn at The Sproutcast.